0: Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favorite podcast app. Next have Jared Kay. He's the founder of Six Principle and the Speed Project located in Melbourne. We'll be discussing or Jared will be discussing layering sprint training with gym training in the midst of training for sports. So welcome, Jared. Thanks for jumping on, mate. All right.
1: Yep. Thanks for having us, Jack. Looking forward to having a bit of a chat
0: here. We'll jump straight into it, mate. So um, in what circumstances do you adjust the, the training program for, for an athlete um, in this sport setting? Well, I
1: guess coming from here, we've got mostly coaches or allied health staff and, and athletes who are all playing. So if you think about the average person's week these days, uh, whether they be school age, whether they be university aged, or whether they be out in the workforce working full-time, um, time, that's the one thing. It's, it's probably our biggest barrier as a coach and what we can do for our athletes. We look at they might be at sport training two to three times a week. They might have a high-performance club they're associated with, whether they're down here in Victoria playing NAB or private school. Um, They might go to a public school where they've got a sports academy, and then they might be trying to fit in recovery sessions, two-time gym sessions, and then their school homework and or work. So time becomes the biggest constraint. When we look at, I think from an industry point of view now, we've gotten really good at strength and conditioning, I would say. And now what we found that the Speed Project and and why we started this business during COVID, mainly because our gyms were were closed and we were locked out of them, um, was Speed was that necessary missing link to the total puzzle. Um, And I'm going to talk about that puzzle analogy a little more because at the moment I think a lot of us are are constrained by our facility size. When I was over in America, um, I went to this gym, Parisi Speed Performance, and they had a 60-metre Mondo track in their facility. So they could hit some kind of top speed work where all of us, size and space is a big limitation, especially down here in Melbourne. We're lucky if we have 15, 20 meters of turf to access. So acceleration is something that's really well worked into programs. But if we think about what our athletes are doing week in, week out, they're just accelerating every time of training. That's what the main quality of sprinting that they're gonna continuously hit. So max velocity becomes that missing piece of the puzzle. And that's where we say, all right, how do we layer sprint training and how do we include max velocity, that exposure to these high-speed loads into an athlete's program when we're battling all the barriers that are going against it, such as sport training and, and gym and everything else on top of it. So that's the part of the puzzle that we like to explore and we sit down with our athletes and work out how we can best do this.
0: But, mate, and you mentioned your time in America. Is is that where the penny dropped, that there was a bit of a missing piece in Australia's athletic development side of things?
1: Yeah, athletics is such a big thing over there. It's such a big component of a junior athlete's life. Um, most of them will be absolute track freaks. The the Victorian state champion that runs a, a sub-12 here and under-16s is, isn't coming close to their heats over there. Like, they've got kids over there, 15-, 16-year-olds already running 11 11 scratch. Um, So athletics is a big thing over there and it really builds what their total athlete comes from. So a lot of these athletes over there get exposure to high quality sprint coaching. Um, How many footballers can you say have been exposed to high quality sprint coaching that come through these high performance pathways from under 16 and above? I like to refer to um, this in a matter of all uh, right, is it necessary? There's outliers and there's anomalies. Like we look at Dane Swan. Everyone here would have watched Dane Swan play and marveled at the way that he could he could dominate a game. He probably had one of the most awkward running styles ever. I spoke to some Collingwood staff about this. Did you ever try to change it? No way. We're not going to try to change Dane Swan. Uh, the guy won a Brownlow medal, but what can we do for the rest of the population that isn't an anomaly and what can we do to help provide uh, that missing link of speed training to our athletes. So in America, I take from a lot what they do. They're the best nation of at athletics in the world. So we're trying to instill those principles that they implement over there into our youth athlete, um, youth athlete development programs over here. So that long-term athlete development is um, a key concept that we're really trying to build.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned the circumstances where you need to adjust the program and how you have a holistic approach taking into their school stress and sport and uh, house sports with school and other club football and uh, all the different stresses they have is that something that you do through um, athlete feedback with is it wellness is it fake like catching up with them when they're in the gym talk us through for the coaches how, how we can
1: yeah.
0: access that information with i guess a young demographic
1: so a lot of it comes down to the feedback component um, how the athlete's feeling Uh, We want to monitor that. We know that they're going to hit their acceleration efforts in training um, and we can work that in the gym pretty easily. So what we do is we try to encourage that when we can implement that max velocity exposure, so real high-speed running, is when they're going to have a day previous that they're off legs. So if they've got any recovery days, so a Monday morning is typically really good for those who are playing sport on a Saturday. If they're not too sore or in this current pre-season preparation period or we look to develop sprinting qualities in the gym. So this is another way that we can kind of implement um, exposure to qualities that are going to develop max speed um, in a gym environment. So a lot of it will come down to how the athlete's feeling on the day. And we the adaptability as a coach is probably one of the our key strengths, and that's why we're all in this room tonight. We're adaptable, and we've probably faced many different challenges in, in athlete programs when you've got the kid who comes in with a, with a cast on his arm and you didn't know because he broke his arm yesterday. So adaptability as a coach is a key skill.
0: And you mentioned um, the, the importance of getting the, the programming right um, with, with the other stresses that they have. How, how do you go about, like, for the, for the athletes listening that haven't done track and field and are interested to improve their, their speed development... What's a way that you integrate, I guess, the raw athletes into your, into your programming?
1: Yeah, we look to start a base and it's looking to understand why we're doing certain things. All of our athletes would have done an A march and an A skip. This is a classic exercise that it's in all football warm-ups. But they actually understand why they're doing it and what the purpose of the exercise is. All right, We're trying to drive force into the ground. We're trying to point our toes more forwards than downwards. How can we make these things relatable to the athlete without telling them what to do? We don't want to always be telling them what to do and giving them the answers. We want them to give us the answers. So starting from a base understanding about why we're doing certain drills, how it's going to benefit them, how it's going to help them, and then much like any kind of adaptation we're trying to achieve, whether it be in the gym, whether it be running or sprinting, we look to start slow, all right? You can't just go bull out of a gate and, and start sprinting two, three times a week because your body's just not going to be, be able to handle it. It's not going to be used to those the demands, even though you think sprinting, and from an athlete point of view, a lot of them think, oh, sprinting is something I do multiple times a week in, in, in every game and training I play. But are you actually sprinting with intent to get faster or are you just running fast? So that's, a, that's what we like to educate our athletes with early in the process and really go through with them about the whys we're doing things and make them to be able to understand it so they can get that learning effect from it.
0: Hey guys, we're just going to take a quick break with Jared Kaye to hear a snippet of our interview with at the time was the current head of strength and power coach at the Melbourne Football Club. He is now working at the QoS. His name is David Watts listening for the young guys watching is there traits whether it be physical or, or mental that that you think really important to, to work on before going into the afl system i guess if you were to take on a nab league role um,
1: yeah and yep. yeah
0: what what would your sort of focus points be at at the junior level
2: well look, I, I think everyone talks about working hard but they don't unless until you see it i really appreciate what it, what mm. that means and it, it very like So Mac is before was saying sometimes you need to feel a program, and you know, he's getting a little bit wanky, but similar sort of thought, right? It's like until you see someone who's genuinely working hard, and what I mean by that is like, so I'll use Joel for an example. So Captain of the Cats, fantastic athlete, probably one of the hardest working people that I've ever seen. He'd be in the club an hour before anyone else, and this was regular because I'd be in there as a rehab coach early quite often because I'll be mm-hmm. setting up GPS units or doing whatever, and you'd roll in and Joel would be on the Pilates reformer going through his mobility series and his activation stuff before any other player has walked in the door.
0: You hear more from David Watts, make sure to scroll to episode for Like a Pro podcast. Back to the rest of the Jared K episode. Hope you enjoy Another one for the athletes. How, how important is the surface that you're doing your speed development on?
1: Uh, we we really encourage to develop key sprinting qualities on a track. Uh, if you don't have access to a track, grass is fine as well. Um, obviously, the track's going to give you this a uh, little extra benefit of foot stiffness. Uh, it's more pliable surface than grass. So, plus you, you you put a kid in a track environment as to a grass environment, they already start thinking, all right. I'm at the track. This is where I watch the Olympics. I watched the 100-meter final. You know what I'm going to do? It, it starts playing into their psychology. They're actually going to start running with more intent and running faster and running harder when they're doing it. So we try to just encourage them to implement the drills into their program when they can. And one of the biggest takeaways is, all right, if you can't get to our sessions weekly or, or you're struggling to find time, get down to training half an hour earlier. Go through your mobility warm-up, do your physical preparation stuff, do your necessary drills for for what we're looking to develop and go out and run two efforts. And then the education on what sprint training actually is, is, all right, if you're going to run a 50, 60, 70-meter effort, we want you to rest for five, six, seven minutes afterwards. It's not go out and run as hard and fast as you can for 60 meters, walk back and then do it again. Because from physiological demands, we know that they're not gonna be able to replenish the energy system enough so that the next effort is at that high intensity that we wanna see. If you're training speed, you've gotta be able to respect the energy systems and make sure that we're getting sufficient rest so that we're actually hitting speed and it doesn't become a conditioning session. Because conditioning sessions are very, very easy to run. All right, a lot of us can do that. It's the difference of how we actually implement proper rest periods so that we can then go again.
0: Awesome, mate. You can tell the, the education aspect, and like you said, understanding the purpose. Uh, the footballers may have come in and done the drills before, but you're educating them on how to um, do them well and with quality, and the, and not only focus on your speed, but you're getting you're doing your training to improve your, your your max speed and how important intent is. You, you've, so you mentioned some some key pillars to focus on in terms of speed development. With with the facility, uh, what are some common mistakes that you see? current athletes and, and specifically footballers that seems to be your niche uh, are making and, and what are the best ways to sort of correct it for, for us coaches listening in?
1: Oh, I, I, I don't like to necessarily label them as mistakes because um, everything has its place. Like if we look at a, a sled push rather than a sled pull, you could argue that a sled pull is probably more contextual based because you get to use the arms. Does everyone have the availability of a sled that they can toe and does everyone have the space that's necessary to develop acceleration if we're looking to do that in the gym or is it going to be easier for us to implement a prowler or a sled and push and work on force through the ground and and work on getting into those positions so I think the key mistakes is something that I've referred to before it's just not respecting the rest periods that are needed to be able to keep intensity up at the levels we want we want to try and get our sprint efforts at 100% each time Um, So I think that's the biggest thing. And then it's also respecting the field itself, all right? A lot of us, we've got a very diverse set of skills. Um, I would like to think that a lot of us are are, a jack of all trades when it comes to the high performance um, kind of umbrella. But if you want to start actually understanding and implementing sprint coaching with your athletes or with a team that you work with, Go out and learn from some of the best. Go out and do a sprint course. Go out and do your athletics coaching course so that you actually understand the base principles and start to develop and build up in that way. So that's probably where I would I'd leave it there. Yep. Awesome,
0: mate. F- final question for us. Yep. You, you decided to own an area in, in the field. Like you said, you felt like strength and conditioning as well covered and, and speed was the missing link. Uh, for, for coaches and business owners listening in, how important was that from a marketing, commercial point of view, really owning your uh, your niche?
1: Uh, we just saw the gap in the market and for for Melbourne, a lot of people like I look around the room here and there's, there's some of my biggest competitors and, and some of them are even a stone's throw away. And I go, how can I set myself apart from from what they're doing? So I try to go back to the relationships and the connections I had. And I asked some of these guys that are playing AFL, has anyone ever taught you how to sprint? And they go, no, nah, never. And I think that became an attractor for them in, in, the, in the realm that if they came to me and the young kids are going to look up to them and, and go, oh, this guy trains there, then maybe I should train there. I've got to be offering something different, something unique and be able to have a good relationship with them so i guess COVID really forced our hands here um my business partner ash gudgeon he was the the sprint guy that i was picking his brain throughout COVID, and we, we started meeting up um at, at a local oval and started going through some key principles of sprinting and i said you know what all my athletes need they need to learn how to run they need to learn how to sprint speed train is something that isn't necessarily done really well in a gym it's done well on a track or a field so it was i guess COVID was a blessing in a way as, as painful as it was um and we're kind of just running with it now and, and i hope that all these guys in the room just leave me to my thing
0: awesome mate. now i think we will you're doing a good job and uh yeah love the work you're doing and the impact you're having on the industry so Thanks for, for jumping on again tonight and sharing your knowledge with us and your experiences for the coaches and, and athletes that are tuned in. Uh, where is the best place to, to find yourself and, and where is Sixth Principle uh, located as well?
1: So Six Principles in Moorabbin. Uh, we're a little tucked away, Jim. I, I have to take a leaf out of everyone's books here and, and start building our social media presence a little more. But you can find us at, at The Six Principle. Uh, we've got a great team of coaches there that are all starting to really – make waves in the industry and pave their own paths the speed project you can check catch us at the speed project mel um and then my own personal one is at K. so um that's where all that information is and as i'm an open book i'm always happy to chat to coaches and athletes alike and and, and help them in any way i can
0: awesome uh thanks Joe. appreciate it mate. thank you if you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such a QA and a segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up?
3: Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is... Um it'll be topical for most people i think but staying in your lane and i yep. often find that with nutrition everyone eats so everyone has an opinion and i think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be and then game changes,
0: felt yeah, like game game
3: change. changes whatever that might be and look it probably keeps me in a job but that it does drive me insane because sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with academy member Rama Davies, the strength and conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. so I'll handle it over to you, Ramita, to, to ask your question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent.
2: Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to
0: be really insightful. Plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Um, mate, my, my question to
0: you was you spoke a, a quite a bit about um,
1: perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or
0: um do physically that um you wish you either knew
2: or did uh, back at the beginning of your career Uh, what are some of those things Mm, yeah good question um yeah so i suppose with perspective on life um that sort of point um it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now and and didn't probably have that as much um, when i was younger um I suppose one thing I might mention is, is gratitude. I spend a lot of my time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day, just to be to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life in football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, Um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, so that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then. And, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear, fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, like just, yeah, being open to sort of different things, because um, you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com
0: forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so
3: much for tuning in.